Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Selecki. And I'm PJ Doran. And this week we have racer Shane McElrath. Thank you to Moto America for being a sponsor of Pit Pass Moto this year. They've been a wonderful partner. I've enjoyed all the racing action. Can't thank them enough for the fact that they've delivered on everything they promised, that being the most exciting racing in North America. Now, here's the latest news in the industry. We had a MotoGP from Europe. They called it the European GP. It was in Valencia. What a race. There were some amazing results, Dave. Johan Mir comes out on top, the Suzuki number one rider, over his teammate Alex Rins and the KTM rider Paul Espargaro. It was a brilliant race right from the jump. Some odd things happened over the course of the day. Valentino Rossi returned from his COVID banishment. He had two negative results, if you will, positive for him, negative for COVID that allowed him per the regulations to come back for competition. He resumed the ride from uh, fill-in rider Garrett Gerloff and way to go, Garrett. You impressed some people. Congrats to you. Rossi picked up the keys, went out, Started the race, sadly only got about five laps into the deal and had a DNF. Title contender Fabio Cortoraro tipped over in the early goings uh, along with another rider. Both were uninjured, but uh, Cortoraro had previously been really close in the hunt. Yet to be determined, we got two more races. And, of course, Maverick Vinales had to start from the pit lane because he went over the allocated number of engines he was allowed for the season. And the penalty issued by the FIM was starting from the pit lane five seconds after the green. So he was coming from way back. It was a pretty incredible race. Nonetheless, the overall points now standing at Johan Mir on 162 over Fabio Cortoraro on 125 and Renz on 122, Vinales 121, Morbidelli 117, and Dovizioso on 117. All of those guys are in with the potential to win the title, but realistically, it's going to take a big mistake from Mir at this point, I think. All he needs to do is finish strong, and he could be Suzuki's first title winner since the year 2000. And this past weekend marked the first time Suzuki had had a one-two finish in the GP ranks since the year 1982. What happened in the dirt world, Dave? Uh, we got great news out of the MXGP of Garda in Trentino, Italy. We can now announce two world champions. So in MXGP class results for the day, Tim Geyser goes 2-1 for first overall. Romain Fabra finished 1-2 for second overall, followed by Gaultier Paulin on his Yamaha with a 4-3 for third. So in the MXGP class, your world champion is Tim Geyser. Really had a steady season. He was on the ground a few times, but uh, finished strong and, and held it to the finish. Followed by second, Jeremy Sewer, the Swiss rider, was really solid this year and 
Home track hero, Antoni Cairoli, finished third for the season. So that's your final MXGP standings this year in the MX2 class, the 250 class. Class results on the day were Ben Watson on his Yamaha with a 3-1. The British rider was really, really riding strong. And Tom Vial, the perennial front runner, went 1-5 for second overall, followed by Maxime Murnau, finished 2-4 for third. So your final MX2 250 class standings, Class winner is Tom Viel, the French rider. Just he's been a phenom this year. He's just uh, been on fire, and it's great to see. Second place, Iago Geertz, Belgian rider. He had a tough day in Italy, but he did finish second in the points. He crashed in the second moto, and it ended up breaking his shoulder. Bad way to end the season, but he did finish strong with a second. Third overall on the season, Maxime Renault. So those are your MXGP World Champions. Congratulations to Tim Geyser and Tom Viel. In the USA, we have uh, one GNCC result. I want to talk about this because this guy has just come out of nowhere and, and won so many XC1 classes this year. Stuart Baylor wins again this week at the Buckwheat 100, which is in Newburgh, West Virginia. I think that's a brand new round for the series, followed by Ben Kelly in second overall and third, Jordan Ashburn makes the podium. Good to see the teammate to... Uh, Josh Strang make the uh, the podium on his Kawasaki. So those are your results of off-road and motocross racing from the weekend. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is, when was the last year that Honda offered a two-stroke competition motorcycle for sale? We'll be back with that answer after we talk to our guest, Shane McElrath. We'd like to welcome to Pit Pass Moto our guest today, Shane McElrath. And Shane, I, I really got to ask you, is it McElrath or a McElrath? Because I think we had a discussion off air, which is the correct way to say it? It's actually McElrath, but I do answer to either one. I've had people argue with me about it at times. And I mean, I, I was raised to say it, McElrath. I don't jump on anybody for saying it wrong because I've I've heard it different ways all my life. Well, I appreciate that, and I, I think the announcers need to have that same speech so they get it right every time. But uh, congratulations on your new team, the Smart Top Bullfrog Spas MCR Honda Ride, and also, by all accounts, a very, very successful season for you this year, starting on a new team and working through that and coming out the way you did. Uh, how do you think this season went for you? It was a really big undertaking, honestly. We didn't really know what we were getting into when we decided to go to a different team, and it was my last year in the, the 250 class. We thought it was going to go pretty smooth, but it was everything but smooth. Truthfully, it was it was a big year of growth. That was ultimately why we went to a different team was we just felt like we were too comfortable and we needed a change and and we needed to grow. Once we got there, we realized that it was going to be a lot bigger than we thought it was going to be. So it was a, a pretty good year all around. I mean, Results-wise, I, I expect a lot out of myself, and truthfully, I, I felt like I should have been better results-wise, but my results were better, but there were so many areas outside of the results that grew also. 
it was a consistent year all around. I mean, I did the best I've ever done in outdoors and the most consistent I've ever been. And having to learn the Yamaha, having to learn how to set things up and learn a new bike just in a year. I mean, I really didn't think it was going to be that that big of a deal. But up even until Paula, the last outdoor race, we were still making little changes and still making progress. And so I was a little bummed when when we had to be done racing because I just, I was having so much fun, just continuing to make progress, continuing to learn. And it was one of those things where it left me really eager to get back to things because I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm really learning a lot and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, I've had to grow up a lot and it's been very fruitful, but at the same time, like my wife and I have, have had to take things full steam ahead and face some of our fears and, stand up for ourselves, and it, it's been really good overall and now to get to step into the 450 class it's pretty crazy to think that that it now's the time i mean it's really kind of the goal in our sport is to be in the 450 class and i spent seven years in the 250 class and so now being with the the moto concept honda team i'm super excited with the bike i'm super excited with I uh, just starting my 450 career. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and as you said, uh, you know, you you came into a season with a lot of unknowns, and you got ex- to hear you talk about being excited about making bike setup changes, even at the last outdoor national. You know, after a long Supercross season, which was carried a lot of unknowns, and then uh, the outdoor season, you know, same thing. We didn't know how it was going to go, and. Now you get to go and do it all over again. You get to basically start from the beginning, kind of, I guess, and adapt to a new bike and a new team and a new environment and hopefully see a, a routine, I guess, Supercross season. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we're hoping for. We have the tentative schedule out. Honestly, for the longest time, going through outdoors, I'm like, please don't release a schedule. Like I, Just knowing that our year was going to be running late, outdoors ended into October. I have to move up to a 450 class. Well, first I had to find a spot on a team. So we did that, but now I have to move up to the 450 class, get used to the bike. I'm going to be racing in a new class. I'm on another new team. And I'm like, I just finished racing. I need, I need a little bit of a mental break for a little bit. I didn't even want to see the schedule, hear about the schedule. Don't talk about supercross. It's like, we're, we're still racing outdoors. But now I'm I'm really excited just that things have, have kind of fallen in line. We're taking things one step at a time, and it's uh, it's been really enjoyable so far. I mean, even though we're almost halfway through November, we were supposed to start training full-time today, but it's rained here in SoCal, so we're uh, riding tomorrow now. But big things for sure. Well, Shane, you were talking about the setup and what you were going through this season and towards the end of it. And as a less than professional off-road rider, I always wonder when, I, when I'm when i watching and, and I know what setup is all about, are you striving to make any bike, regardless of what it is, are you trying to find the same exact feeling out of that every time you get on one? Or is it more take advantage of whatever differences there may be between the different makes and, and accentuate them? Is your job as a racer to get them to what you know is the one way it should be the same on every model or is, or is it different for makes? Honestly, that's that's a good question. It's it's honestly a little bit of both because you have KTM and Husqvarna. They, 
and now gas gas they're on steel frames and all the japanese models are aluminum frames and so those just those two things alone have different characteristics in the way the bike reacts to bumps reacts to whoops the way that it it handles in the corners and so that's a a really i guess detailed question because for me i have strengths on the track and i have weaknesses my goal as a rider is i know how the bike or how a bike should feel hitting certain obstacles and all of the bikes should be able to do the same thing give or take a little bit of feeling here or there all bikes should be able to handle everything out there and so for me i like skimming the whoops i like difficult whoops and for me i feel like that's one of my strengths with supercross especially since we're going into supercross now like i know how a bike should feel in the whoops and how a bike needs to be to hit the whoops good i know i kind of have a standard for myself in the whoops it's like if i can't hit the whoops say this fast we need to keep making changes until i can hit the whoops this fast just from experience i've learned that when the whoops are doable really efficiently and and somewhat easy for me then that translate the rest of the way around the track i know that if if i can handle the whoops good my bike is also firm enough to handle some of the big transitions in the rhythm and i'm able to seat bound stuff out of the corners and so for other people maybe their whoops isn't their strong part and maybe the corners are are their strong part they'll take a different approach to it they'll be like okay I'm really good in my corners. My my lap times are super consistent and I'm making up a lot of time in the corners, but visibly I'm, I've always been like lacking in the whoops or just something like that. They'll take a different approach to set the bike up more in tune with what their strengths are. All bikes are capable of doing the same thing, but each rider has a, a different riding style and they apply weight to the front of the bike more or to the rear of the bike more. And so each person will need to kind of dial it in for their strengths. That is interesting and answers very succinctly what I was asking, Shane. And what you guys do on the bikes, amazing. It's it's this is big news about this year coming into the 450s. You've been a perennial favorite on the 250s. So you've got to be pretty darn excited, right? I'm very excited. Really, from the first time I rode the Moto Concepts bike, I was just testing it, and I rode it, and I'm like, wow, like, this bike is very good. And so, honestly, right away, I felt my confidence like, okay, I have a really good shot at being competitive. And I was doing an interview yesterday also, and it's like, I don't necessarily have a a position or a result, like, in my head already, but... I'm excited to go out and see where I am and and I want to be competitive and I feel like I can be competitive. I'm really excited just getting used to the 450 power. It's quite a bit different, but so far it's been easier than I thought it was going to be, especially on Supercross. It's easy to get away from you. So Shane, you talk about, I would say, maturing as a rider, as you said, you you understand your bike and and how a, how a bike should feel. Talk about yourself and your training program. I mean, do, are you do, do you do something different coming into the 450 class than you may have done in the 250 class? Is there more, maybe more strength training? How does that work for you? And what's your training program look like for, for next year? Strength training, I won't really do any more than I have been. 
mainly because I'm already kind of a bigger guy, even in the 250 class. Like I just, my whole mindset for the last couple of years has been maintain my muscular strength. I've kind of had times where I start to get a little too strong and that almost like starts me going downhill. So strength wise, I'll work on just maintaining, but cardio wise, a lot of my stuff will be a little bit longer in time. My training motos will be longer in time and my bike rides will be longer in time, mainly just because the 450 classes is a, a longer season. It's a longer race main event. And so really the, what I've been doing, uh, I'm planning on working with Garrison again. And so we're pretty much going to take what I've been doing, but up the intensity on a few of the things to get me further into that, that 450 main event to get me further into the, the season. And so that's really probably our, the only thing that will be much different is my training time will be a little bit longer. I know you signed up for a uh, Supercross program for, for 2021. Do you see this possibly parlaying into an outdoor ride with the, with the MCR team? The way that we worked out our contract, we really have the potential to work out something with MCR if they want to do that. We let them know that we wanted to do that. And they've been a Supercross team for a few years now. And that's fine. But the way that we kind of worked out our contract was we can negotiate with them for outdoors or we can go elsewhere if we decide not to do outdoors together. That's definitely something on our radar. We'll be able to figure that out once we get into the season and closer to outdoors. So, Shane, uh, you know, with a new program, a lot of times comes new sponsors. As we uh, reach the end of our discussion here, I wanted to ask you, does that uh, – does that come along with this package? Are you looking at new new gear, new helmet, new boots? Does that come along with it? Because I think last year you were on the, the, the team program with uh, with Star. Yeah, so this uh, this year, Liat is, I think Liat's a title sponsor for this uh, Moto Concepts team. And so we, we got together with them already as a team, and they got us all dialed in, and we're in Liat head to toe. And I'm super impressed with the stuff. It's a lot like the motorcycles. All the motorcycles are are capable of doing things. They'll just have a little bit different characteristics. And so far, I've only worn the Liat stuff a few times, but I'm super impressed with it. And they're definitely up in the game and in their whole company. I mean, they were originally known for their their neck brace, but they have a full line of products out now. And they're actually pretty good. So I'm uh, I'm pretty excited to get to know them better. They were really welcoming, really excited to, to get to work with the team as a whole. I think it's going to be cool. For me, it's like I like to meet people. I like to work with people and I like to challenge people. So it's a good fit us all to work together and grow together and show that we are a team. And what better way to do that with this, you know, everybody in the similar gear and, and looking the same and it, Shane, we're really excited for you. I think uh, coming into the Supercross season, you're going to be one of the guys to watch. You've given yourself every advantage, I think, with this team and really, really look forward to, to watching you out there. Are there any other uh, folks that you want to thank, sponsors, people that have helped you along the way? Just got to say that, I mean, I wouldn't be who I am or or what I am without Jesus Christ. I mean, 
I believe that we all have an equal cause and whether we believe that or not, I believe we all have a cause and I want to be intentional about my cause. And so I'm truly blessed. I have a a great wife. We're a team. And so, yeah, I just got to thank my wife for being with me and she challenges me. She pushes me. And likewise with her, we work together. So we're super thankful and super blessed. Outstanding. Outstanding. Shane, thanks again for coming on the show. We really, as I said, look forward to seeing you and we wish you all the greatest luck this next season. Thank you guys. Thanks for your time. This week's Pit Pass trivia question was, when was the last year that Honda offered a two-stroke competition motorcycle? The answer is the year 2007. Dave, do you remember the bike? Yes, I do. I actually had the predecessor to the 2007 Honda CR250. I had a 2003, which generationally was the same bike. And I had to have one because I knew that was going to be the last era of Honda two-stroke bikes. Hard to believe, but uh, Honda was the first to jump into the the four-strokes early on. And uh, not the very first, but one of the first, I should say. Just to have a long legacy of fast two-stroke motorcycles. So it's kind of, in a way, disappointing that they left the two-strokes behind. Upcoming in the world of road racing, we've got two more rounds, as I mentioned earlier in the show. We've got Valencia this weekend, 11-15, and then we've got Portugal, 11-22. The title is still in play. The top five or six guys mathematically could get there. But again, as I said, it is one Johan Mir's title to lose. I hope he doesn't. The man has earned it. He got his first W this past weekend, and he is ready for ready for a big win and a breakout season. That's about it for the road racing world. What about the off-road, Dave? Well, in off-road, we do have... Uh announced a Supercross season for 2021. It's tentatively scheduled to start around the 19th of January, so three weeks in. The big surprise is no races in California. They're going to start the series in Houston and run three rounds in that building before they move on to the next venue. And if if the schedule stands, because there's always that big if, due to COVID, things are spiking around the country. Who knows? Don't want to predict anything. But that is the plan, and we look forward to seeing bikes and gate drops starting in third week of January. Big change in the season, Dave, not having Anaheim 1 and 2, and how many? You know, Uh, California is the focal point of the beginning of the Supercross season historically. It always has been Anaheim 1. I've been to many, many Anaheim 1 parties, and they usually had three rounds, and then you had San Diego, you had Oakland, so... It's an interesting time, and uh, I'm not disappointed. I mean, I think the racers will be happy to be on the track and racing, and it doesn't really matter where. To them, it's a stadium. Unrelated, but about California, California Superbike School, run by Keith Code, has been doing its business for 40 years from Laguna Seca outside of Monterey. Just announced they will no longer be doing Superbike School from Laguna Seca. They have had a falling out with the new management, And I find that a little bit concerning, but I think it plays in with California for, you know, they got a lot of people, I guess, Dave, they've got to worry about a lot of things and uh, they're, they're, they're finding their way. Same as every other state and municipality. 
He's announced his new schedule for the upcoming year. According to reports I read, the management at the track said we found out he wasn't doing it here from his release schedule. Uh, he didn't exactly throw barbs their direction, but said it was absolutely due to uh, difficulties they had in running their school there, and they won't be returning. They were made to feel like second-class citizens, according to Keith, and he definitely is not a second-class citizen, so they they may have uh, they may have shot themselves in the foot a bit on that, and I don't foresee him being the guy who uh, accepts apologies and changes his schedule to anytime soon. Yeah, and I would say given his history and, and knowledge, there's going to be a venue somewhere in the country that's going to want to scoop him up. And, he's got 11 you know, other, fa- yeah, he's got 11 other facilities that are, he has got on his calendar. His calendar's full. So it's not going to, California Superbike School isn't going to miss a beat. Come on, Rowan America. <laughs> yep, exactly. Get to my neighborhood. There you go. Thank you again to our guest, Shane McElrath, for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app where you'll get alerts when new episodes are uploaded. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and pitpassmoto.com, where you can check out our all-new blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Howerson, Chris Bishop, Producer Bridget Coyne and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ. And I'm Dave. We'll see you next week. Keep the sunny side up. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at hitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.